Oh, now that's definitely a drag car. And this is Fast Matters, the everything drag racing podcast brought to you by American Drag Car. This installment of Fast Matters is brought to you by American Flotech, Arizona Differential Specialists, Torco Racing Lubricants of Arizona, Roadrunner Converters, Micro Import Service Incorporated, Wallace Motorsports, Growler Racing, and by American Drag Car, where being fast matters. Um, hey, Hal, how's it going? It's going good. Looks uh, like you had a fun race this weekend. We had a fun race. I kind of missed you. Yeah. Sort of expected you to be there. I, I flogged on the car, got it all set to go, loaded it in the trailer Thursday night, and as many of you may know, I've got an inflamed Achilles tendon, and it just, I had a bad week with it. I could hardly walk Friday night, and I says, I'm not going to go to the track. It's not the money. It's, I don't want to go down there and not even be able to get in the car. You know, or step on the pedal. Or well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Why'd you lose? Well, I couldn't step on the pedal hard enough. That's when we'll put on the t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Right. But no, I wanted to go. Uh, hopefully, things will be better. I'm looking forward to uh, Tucson next week because I love racing down there. Ah, cool. Okay. And uh, we'll just see what happens. But I, I was missing Jim too. Yeah, uh, Jim and Haley were planning on coming, and I got a text from him on. Thursday afternoon saying that he had discovered that his the fuel pump on that little car was junk in his words uh, and I said well I've got another pump well his his setup uses a belt drive from Ron's racing oh and you can't just put another pump in there he he needed more stuff and then oh no up, and don't tell me if he's got one of those older pumps because as I understood there was something going on with Ron's they did a they, I don't know sort it's of a, revamped it's, it's a hillborn pump pumps. so it doesn't oh, make any difference oh, okay but I've got couple pumps sitting out there and uh and then he says uh, how about a how about a front cover one of the nice fin aluminum front covers and a spud for the for the cam to drive it directly uh and i said i know i've got both and i finally found the front cover but i never did find the spud Ugh. and he said it was too late to use this week anyway but i will continue to look for it and i'm going to be out there wednesday so maybe he can get the car fixed and and meet us down tucson i don't know I also don't know if he Colt might be might be going uh, sprint car racing next week, and I don't oh, know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. that's a busy family. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know they were kind of disappointed, and I'm sure Haley was too. We did have a couple of couple of others showed up. Um, Willie Ray brought his truck back out for for the first time this year. Oh, I didn't realize he missed the first race. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's been having problems with that truck almost since day one uh-huh uh the first race he came out and it was fairly impressive but he was he was a little bit disappointed tried to make it faster and he's been having problems with it mm. but um he brought it out <clears throat> and that didn't go so and you know what maybe it's a good thing you didn't show up because there was a lot of attrition really oh yeah mm. we had uh eric holsey he was like uh, he was number two in our points series back in 15 i think it was or something like that mm -hmm. We haven't seen him for a long time. He's been down for a while. He showed up. Good. And, and had, some new names, too, I understand. Yeah. We had some new people showing up. Uh, and, you know, I didn't even get a chance to meet him. Bruce Schroeder. I don't know who that is. He's got a, a really fast dragster. Yeah. He was the, according to this, he was the number one qualifier. So. Yeah. Although, I think, uh, I think Tigger's Digger 2 could have could have beat him but we can't we can't beat him if we're not there can we that's right that's what they say can't win if you don't play yep <laughs> um lots of familiar names though yeah so that's good yeah i was pretty surprised our field was actually bigger 
than it was at the first race of the Good. year. That, that's always encouraging, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that happened at our first state motocross this year. We yeah. had a very small turnout. The first race, second race was much better. Why? You tell me. Yeah. Wasn't co- coronavirus hadn't happened yet. It'll be interesting to see what the third race does. But oh. let's, let's not get into coronavirus. That, Don't that's even, a, right? a real sore subject. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what do we, what do we want to talk about? Uh, uh, let's see. We probably ought to give kudos, first of all, to the winners and the runner-up, if nothing else. Because I think that's what most people are really interested in. Yeah. According to our sheet here, it was Chris Holbrook, who's been a, been a stalwart, really, of uh, drag car pretty much since the beginning, hasn't he? Yeah. Him and his son. and uh, Yeah, Chris is one, man. I mean, what? He was three times in a row he was the drag star. Yeah. You know, champion. Yeah. Uh, he missed it last year. But... <clears throat> then runner-up was Ron Shelley, and he's been champion several times. Yep. So uh, and that was a good drag race. Yeah. That was a. What I love about the program is it makes, especially final round, it turns into a real all-out drag oh, race. Oh yeah, it was good. This one, uh, forty-three thousandths margin at the finish line. Yeah. And looking at the mile per hour, I don't think anybody was pedaling. You had, Chris was on an eleven sixty-five, ran eleven sixty-three. Yeah. And Shelly was on an 895, went and, 897. And he ran 152, so he was definitely on it all the way out he the back He was door. charging. That was, according to your notes here, that was also the best losing package. Yeah, it was, as which a matter of fact. is, it's one of those words, yeah, I won best losing package. How do you win the losing pack? But there's an award for it, which is nice. There is. We we That goes all the way back. I'll give him a, a, a shout out for Kenny Speed. He started that with us when he was a sponsor one year. He wanted to do that, and uh, so we just stuck with it. Yeah, because let's face it, everybody always seems to remember the winner, but sometimes there are truly outstanding performances during the course of a weekend. I mean, I've seen, well, like I mentioned at those junior races a couple weeks ago when we had uh, we had three guys in the in the final day run right on the dial with a zero and lose. Yeah, you know that's noteworthy. You know, it or, is. I agree. Or, or a race that's that's you know, why one, you kind of won, by, won <laughs> by uh a ten thousandth of a second. I've seen races won by a ten thousandth of a second. We've had one. Yeah. That that blows me away. It does blow me it's it kind of stinks for me because when I get the data sheets from the tower, they don't go that deep. No, they don't. The only the time printout. I can see the numbers is on the actual time slip that the racers get. Yeah, or it shows on my announcer uh, screen. On the printout? Yeah, which is, no, the, the announcer screen has it, which okay. is kind of nice. They didn't used to have that, but now they do. If you remember back at our first race at Speed World, you saw it. I know you were in the tower watching it. Um, Mark Beaven? Mark Beaven, who won his first round at Bakersfield yesterday. I don't know how he did today because I can't seem he, to find uh, the results. I think he went out in the fourth round. Uh-huh. I saw him. But... Yeah, the, the, he was the first pair of cars down the track with a guy from Kingman, mm-hmm. and Mark was on the, the wrong side of this one, but it was a five ten thousandths of a second race. You know, <laughs> I've always thought losing a squeaker is definitely, you know, it, I, I don't mind losing a squeaker. You know, I nobody likes to lose. Right. But... It doesn't bother me as much to lose by just a really small amount. You know, you can easily say, well, 
if if only I'd or I could have. Well, you if know, that my cricket sa- didn't get in my lane. I would have yeah, had you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, my one of my favorite sayings: if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, Christmas would be every day. So uh, th- there's there's a lot more ways to to lose a drag race than there are to win one. And, and oh, a man. good close race. I still don't think I've figured them all out either. Oh, no. <clears throat> I don't think everybody knows them all. <laughs> and, you know, I've been announcing drags since I moved to Phoenix here. So that was 25-some-odd years ago. 92 to 4. No, I can't do math in my head. 92 to now, whatever. But uh, the uh, I'll, I'll be thinking I've seen everything there is to see. Hmm. You know, I've seen every way to lose a race possible, or I've seen every way to win a race. Nope. <laughs> no chance. One come along at the junior race, uh, uh, that same junior race I'm talking about. I don't remember what it was, but I'm going, well, guess that's one more thing for the now I've seen it all file. So, yeah. And that's what makes racing interesting. It, it keeps us going. You know, we had one here. I, I wasn't planning to throw this in right now, but it sort of fits. And one is actually, uh, at least in our situation with our program, it's... Uh, a communications it was a communi- a communi- excuse me easy for you to say yeah communications problem yeah you know Dylan Smith yeah the ex-junior uh, racer as a matter of fact I think it was Randy Smith who might have been friends with Bruce Schroeder I think he oh, okay. I think he told me he was his friend they're both from Buckeye uh huh but I real I feel bad about this one because in our drivers meeting I was explaining everything and then as we were giving everybody their indexes and asking if they accepted it or if they wanted to lower them, Dylan Smith, I threw his index at him as an 875, and I sort of chuckled because I knew he was having problems with the car and that that was not a legit number for his car. And I said, I, I don't know if you want to change it or lower it. And he came back at me and said, no, can I raise it to 1750? Not and 1750. 1750. Because his final qualifying pass, I did see it on our printout, was 17-something. I can't remember. Uh-huh. And I just sort of chuckled it off as he's having problems with the car. And I said, no, 750, you can do. <laughs> and then that was that. Well, <clears throat> after first round finished, it was one of my crew came to me, uh, our lane director, and she brought, she said, you know, that wasn't right for you to put him on an 875 index. And I said, that's what he ran. And then she let me know that he was racing a different car. Yeah. I guess he'd broken the dragster and he, he was driving, did. probably driving the tow vehicle or something he like was. that. He was. Oh, he should and have mentioned. He should, right. And that's where, so I did go down. I found Randy in, in staging lanes a little bit later. And I said, you know, this was an issue where if you guys would have let me know, that you were running. I just assumed you had a problem with the dragster and that 17 second pass was just a problem. A fluke, yeah. And of course, I can't index a car. If you've qualified with this car, you can't jump in and run another car because we don't do like bracket racing where we just allow you to make a dial in. We, we got to see the numbers on the car. So, but he did run Q2 with his street car, mm. but they failed to let make it known to me. Yeah. And on I the just, other hand, if playing devil's devil's advocate here, you could have said, well, "Why do you want to go to that?" Huh? You know, why do you want to change it to seventeen fifteen? You could have asked him why he wanted to go that, and he would explain, "Well, I got to run my tow car." So, I mean, it's a little. 
you know how it is in the driver's sure. meeting it's fairly hard you're trying to do stuff fast and oh you've yeah got a lot of noise as i said he might have i said it i told randy that he might have said his streetcar or something but i didn't hear it i yeah. just you know i said he should have came to me and you know made it a point to come to me directly and say look we're running a different car yeah. um but i just wanted to let everybody know you can you know for the most part we de- we typically don't like in eliminations we typically don't allow switching of cars because of the index factor but in this situation that would have been a case where we could have however we do have the minimum of 16 flat and we give a little bit of cushion for some guys you know if, mm-hmm. so we got uh like cody nelson he was on a 1630 but that car's run 16.0 before so we let him keep running it so we probably would have put dylan like that 16 flat or 1650 yeah but um yeah that was well, I, be, I still feel bad about that yeah, one. they'll they'll be back they're good people they, oh yeah they they try very hard i just honestly wish they could find out what the problem is with that car because it's a good car but they just oh my continually gosh. seem to have issues with it I, I don't know what they are you want to know what kind of racers those guys are hmm. check this out so after i found out about this issue i jumped on the golf cart and i went looking for them mm-hmm. and i ran up to their pit found their dragster sitting next to the trailer with the engine out really yeah <laughs> they were going to try and fix it right there. I don't know, but I mean, that's how gung ho they are. They're like, wow. they're not waiting until they get home. They're taking this thing out now. Yeah, and this isn't <laughs> like this is a pro crew with a winch or five guys, you know, at at, uh, at the national. It was interesting watching our guys, the Maroney Racing Team, pull an engine out. They've got bars that bolt onto the the block, and then two guys on each side just lift it up. Some of the teams, of course, have winches. Yeah. But winches were much more popular in the old days. Now they're not. Now the guys just grab aluminum a hold of the engine and, and muscle it out. Yeah, aluminum blocks. That has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I guess maybe theirs must be aluminum, too. I never really looked. I just know yeah. it's a big incher. Yeah. But he's he was telling me he was they're having problems with that thing. They can't seem to figure it out. I guess this time around it busted a timing chain. Oh, well, that'll do it. Yeah. I've, I've found it in the past that a broken timing chain will definitely end your day. Mm-hmm. Interesting little thing. You're talking about blocks there, and something just flashed into my mind. I saw in, it might have been one of the new magazines. I, I take 26 publications every month, and it might have been a trade magazine. I don't know. I think it was. I think it was the new PRA magazine. But Chrysler is, has given the rights and the molds to, among others, Callies and some other company, and they're going to start reproducing. They're going to start making cast iron and aluminum Hemi blocks and heads again. Wow. Haven't been made for a long time. Matter of fact, the, the engine in the Moody car was supposedly the last 426 steel Hemi, you know, cast iron Hemi block. Wow. So that's kind of neat for all the, it's more for the restorers. You know, the guy's, he's got a duster with a, with a worn out Hemi block or a 440 block. They're going to do both. Because 440 blocks are definitely in short supply because they still continue to be used. A mm-hmm. lot of guys have 440s. So that that's going to be a kind of an interesting shot in the arm. I'm glad to see that Kelly's and this other company, whose name I don't remember, sorry. It's uh, not World Products. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, I was going to step up. So Anyway, little aside there. Anyway, back to the racing. Well, I'll admit it. I'm way behind. I don't pay attention to who's making what. I just kind of assumed all that stuff was available. <laughs> at a price you know what happens when you assume mm, okay well, we, won't we won't talk go about there. it <laughs> so in addition to the best losing package we had best reaction time of eliminations 
That goes to Lino Cimaroli with his 005. That's pretty cool. He's well. He's except uh, it was a losing run. Well, it was, but it wasn't. Well, he lost the run, but he got reinstated. Or yeah, whatever. and that's a pretty rare occurrence. So, in that situation, uh, as we talked about last week, I said that there's a fifteen hundredths of a second disqualification barrier on your first round index. Mm-hmm. Here we were in the second round, and Steve Watkins was on a thirteen eighty index, and he took the stripe. Oh, a tenth and a half ahead of Lino. Um, thirteen fifty-six. Yeah, that's a. So what do you got? He's eighteen under, and that was just a DQ. So Lino got to come back. What's kind of funny about that is that the same thing happened to Lino in first round. Oh, and this is so rare. We don't normally have three DQs in the entire year, but in this race we had three in the whole race in first round of eliminations. Cody Nelson ran an unbelievable 46 hundredths under index. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 1630 <laughs> dial and ran 1577. Uh, you know, the kid got better on the tree. Not on that run, he didn't, but he got better on the tree since we went to a full tree, but he still hasn't got that car figured out. I'll give you a little hint of it. I mentioned it at our awards banquet. Um, he's working a 16-second car with a clutch. Oh boy! And what is it? I don't. I'm not. It's sure. a. I think it's a '94 Mustang with a six banger in it. Oh, okay. And um, he last year we were running the Pro Tree only, and he was struggling with that thing on the Pro Tree. He he couldn't figure out how to make it leave without spinning the tires or not spinning the tires, and then cut a tree at the same time. Right. It's a lot. To then do. he put some slicks on it, and then it started bogging. Car don't make enough horsepower to pull the slicks. Yeah, six cylinder was no. I don't think so. And uh, he seemed to have had it figured out this year at the first race. He was he was cutting nice lights and running fairly close to his index. But this one here, don't know what happened. This one didn't go his way. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I gotta hand it to him. A, a six cylinder with a clutch, that that's ambitious. It you is know, right. Hat, my hats off to him. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then our third disqualification of the day which was actually the second one it was in first round it was one you wouldn't expect to see yeah. it was hunter ray our champion yeah yeah i don't know what happened on there yeah he broke up pretty good too 1220 was his index 1202 was his actual number and it looks like he ran it out the back door he ran 107 miles an hour yep and that's what he does uh i talked to his dad his dad came over said, I don't, I said, what was the deal with that, man? And he says, I don't know. Apparently they decided to do a better burnout because the 60 foot time was five or six hundredths better. Oh, okay. And, uh, and that can be a factor. And he was like, he goes, but he won't lift. He had the guy. Well, how far was he? Three tenths ahead, but he wouldn't lift. <laughs> you know, now if, if he was in a dragster or a funny car somewhere, where you don't have visibility, uh, you could sort of understand it. But he's got no problem with visibility in that thing. It's got a huge rear window and big side windows, you know. And there is that. But then he was running Ron Shelley, who was charging him down in 152 miles. Yeah, 152 miles, an hour. miles. Yeah. So. And Ron kind of creeps. If you got a slow car, Ron just suddenly appears next to you, close to the finish line. So. You know, my car is not as slow as Hunter's, but yeah, when Ron comes by me, it's it's a blast. You have the old <laughs> feel like you were tied to a tree. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, what do we got? You know, first round had a good race between... Oh, this was one we mentioned last week. This was pretty impressive. Katie Webb. Okay. She, she was our new member. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned it last week. She, uh, it was actually at our second race. 
she joined. And this was just another kick butt race, in my opinion. She was on 1195. Mm-hmm. She ran Kyle Holbrook. Yeah, another one of the hitters, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, on 11. Yeah, he's no slouch. No. Um, she Have, got him off the tree by a little over three hundredths of a second. And they went down there. She went 11.93 with a 6 to his 11.40 with a 5. So he was under-indexed by more than she was. Yeah, margin of victory, four thousandths of a second. Yeah. That's a squeaker. And I love that because that's, to me, those are the ones that you know they're racing. Yeah. Because it's first one there wins. Yeah. Not the closest package. So I love seeing those. That was cool. A lot of... um. A lot of funny ones. I think you asked me in one of a text message what happened with me. You know, I that kind of stunk. Yeah, I. I, <laughs> yeah, I put looking. the trans. I spent. I put the transmission back in the car. At the first race, it was slipping. Took it out. Found issues with the valve body. Put it back in the car, and it just kept on slipping. Yeah. And so I tried to. I tried to fake it. I put an 11.75 on the window after running a couple of 14-second passes, and it's it just wouldn't. It ran another 14.27. <laughs> you should have left it there. Of course, uh, then Murphy's Law says what would happen. Yeah. It would have stopped slipping, and you would have broken out by two seconds. So Nah, I wouldn't have because the car was slower than me that I was racing, but it would have looked bad because I would have put a fender on her and then got uh, Whatever. You know, beaten up for being a sandbagger in my own program. Yeah, I Mar- just can't do it that way. Yeah, Richmond was the opponent. Uh, his mar- winning margin of victory, 2.354. <laughs> that's a pretty solid win. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, she, that's a, that's, her name is Lisa. Um, they came on. I don't think she joined. I think she was trying the program out. But they kind of, they kind of, I think they kind of got it. I pulled up next to him in staging lanes, and I went to her husband. Was, she was already strapped in, and I told him, you know, I don't know what my car is going to do. I said, but if, if it's bad, if I do something wrong, you guys will be back in. So don't go trailer in your car just because you got to lose ticket. Yeah, and looking at the second round there, she lost. Well, she lost on a whole shot. But she, her, her dial was 1325. She ran a 1326. Yeah. She was right there. But, boy, that's 604 light, Lisa. We got to work on that. Indeed. Yeah. She's, you know what? She's trying to tough it out. She's running the pro tree. And that's a lot. I don't know. Well, 1320 cars should cut a pro light on a half second pro tree. So you're telling me that I can run a pro tree? Yeah. Oh, for some reason I thought we'd, we'd done away with pro tree. No, okay, no. good. Because I cannot, for the life of me, start on a full tree. I, I mean, I'm either going to be so late, people are just snickering, or I'm going to red light. But a pro light, I can do pretty good on. So, yeah, whatever. I think you'll like the. I was kind of worried about it. We went to a half second pro light. So you've got the split. and you So when you do a split, Ooh. you only got two options. You got the half second full and the half second pro. And I was concerned about you with the half second pro tree because you should be able to beat that tree. But I think in all your data from the past, not that there's that many races, but from the past races that you run, I don't think you did much better than a .1 something on the 4 tenths tree. I don't remember. I've had a perfect light on a 4 tenths pro light. That okay. was back with Probably with in Tigger's Heritage Digger. or something. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's, you know, I don't remember what it was. It was a timed run, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm at, at Speed World. You can, uh, no, it was a wild horse, but you can see the scoreboards. And 
I'm zipping down there, and the car doesn't. That car didn't run that fast. And I look up on the side of the triple zero there, and I just going, "Yeah, this is cool." <laughs> Wish it had been an elimination run. But. but then again, a lot of people say it's harder to cut a pro light when you're chasing, and of course, you're going to be chasing almost everybody. Yeah. So yeah, it might be just right for you. Yeah, let's hope so. If Can't wait else, to try it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm really hoping I can make the the race next week. Yeah, but I hope so too. Well, just the car's ready. Just the driver's. Achilles tendon isn't ready. Eric Holsey, <clears throat> the guy that came back, uh-huh. he, he put on a nice show. Um, he took on Josh Edwards, who's another one who doesn't race with us too often. But he's one of our lifetime members. He was there at the first race that we had at Speed World. Yep. He's a tough bracket racer. He, he is. He's had a little, has a little difficulty, I think, adjusting in some respects to our program. But uh, I wouldn't. Josh is one of those guys, and I watched him since he was just a teenager at Speed World. Did he used to run juniors? I don't believe he ran juniors. Okay. His daughter did. but Yeah, did. that's right. He didn't. But uh, he was he's one of those guys you just go, wow, this kid's good, you know, and he's always been good. He drives that Camaro, that awesome semi-pro mod Camaro. That, yeah, uh, the Seabiscuit car. Man, that thing flies. It is, yeah. But, that's an impressive car. Yes, it is. But his anyway. dad, his dad goes back to the, the Phoenix Dragway days. Yes, yes. Anyways, that was a pretty good race. Uh, Josh had a hundredth on the tree, not even eight eight thou, but Holsey got around him, ten ninety three two. Josh was off index eleven twenty one. And then, to add salt to the wound, Holsey didn't show up for E two because his car was broke. Oh man. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I know that you have the back-end rule if, like I say, in the case of, of a DQ, but you don't have a what we used to call in the old days of drag racing the break rule. No, I haven't seen... It doesn't happen much anymore. I wouldn't... I, I haven't seen where that would be really fair in these situations because then you're putting somebody... Because it's a points deal. That's why. Yeah, but is letting people come back in on a buyback fair we don't do buybacks i know we don't i hate buybacks i think it's just wrong from the get-go but i think the break rule makes more sense than buybacks in truth i don't have a problem with buybacks in a bracket race and non-points deal like that that because it when i you know you might blame this on me i don't know maybe it's not my fault i sort of feel like it is because it didn't start until i brought it to the track's attention when I started driving over the road in uh, 96, I went to some of these tracks back east and it blew my mind how much money they were getting paid for not that many more cars than what we had at our tracks. Mm-hmm. We would get normally a win would be like 300 bucks or something like that out here. And back there, these guys were getting 1000 to 1500 on a weekly basis mm. with the same entry fee. <clears throat> and it's because of the buybacks? I thought so. I thought it was because of the buybacks because that's the only thing I could see different. And I wrote to each one of our three tracks at the time, uh, Speed World, Firebird, and Tucson. I wrote to them all and explained the buyback procedure to them. And then when I came back to town, I talked to some of my friends who were racers and I explained it to them. I said, wouldn't you rather get paid more? And, you know, I didn't expect it, but the flack I caught back from that was, you know, if I beat the guy first round, I don't want to see him in second round. Yeah. But my attitude is more like, it's not that guy. It's another car. Well, yeah, now what they do, 
originally they just stuck you back into eliminations. Now I think, isn't it true that they make the buybacks all race themselves? Sometimes. Yeah. Different, different yeah. divisional, different, different organizations Areas do it different run a ways. different way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing about buybacks, and I, I, I'm almost reticent to bring this up, but sometimes the promoter just puts that money in his pocket and it doesn't and go to the payout. And that's what I think happened out here. This is where I got, because rem, um, you probably do remember in that time I wasn't racing. I had already blown up my car and I was so busy working. I wasn't racing. So there was a number of years that I was not racing. Yeah. When I finally came back to the track, buybacks were a thing mm-hmm. and people didn't like them. And then when I started speaking to everybody, they said, well, they told me how much the payouts were. And I said, well, if you got buybacks, the payout should be more than that. And that's what I guess is going on is that the buybacks out here typically just go into the racing fund. Yeah, track. they're they're, they're uh, used to offset the expenses because yeah. we don't get the big. That's one thing about back east. They get some pretty good crowds every week back east. Well, also what I think I figured out in recent years is that the difference is I believe especially these tracks that I was going to back mm-hmm. east their own tracks they're 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 tracks that are owned by the people basically who live there right there's a lot of little tracks like so that. there's a, lot a of little very eighth mile big tracks. difference in the overhead sure. expenses that's what yeah, I think when you the own big... the land and the track's been there for a long time and everything's set you're not having to put construction into it all the time and most of the people who work there are friends and yeah or lease fees yeah yeah I can't imagine what the lease is on wild horse right now yeah, or more, Tucson for that matter. Yeah. Even, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, too much more than. Did you ever hear of George Ray's drag strip? No, I don't think Man, so. Man, it's one that I want to go to, but I think I might be scared to run on it. It is so narrow. I think if both cars open their doors, they'd touch. Really? Uh but it's a guy. As I understand the story, it's a guy who's got a, ba- a drag strip in his backyard, and they have these really outlaw style races yeah. down there. Yeah, no sanction. <laughs> right. No sanction. Probably no insurance. Uh. <laughs> but I think I may have seen a picture because I've seen some pictures of some tracks that just scare me looking at them. Mm. You know, I mean, they're beautiful. Trees all around, you know, and lots of green and everything. But the track is pretty narrow. I can't help it. I do love the outlaw track or independent, let's call them. Mm-hmm. But I get it. You know, I, I sort of think we're what um spoiled not spoiled i wouldn't say spoiled because remember see that's the thing when speed world didn't have the high overhead back in when it's day when it was phoenix raceway park Mm -hmm. i think things were much better that was the day when bob curley used to ask the racers what they wanted yeah well i know that when dan took it over from the colettis the rent from the state had already gone up substantially. And remember, yeah. this is about the time when the state realized they were broke. This was during uh-huh. the dot-com boom, and it was just, not boom, a crash, you know, and, and uh, we were losing racers, and uh, the rent was going up by significant amounts every year. And, of course, he had to pay it. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, the f- the final year... Well, I don't want to give a number because I'm not positive what it was, but it was a lot of money. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. To tell you the truth, when I hear what the numbers are, 
whether they're true or not, even half that number would still be like, how do you keep a place open with that much money going yeah. out the door? Dan and I talked about it quite a many, quite a few times. Uh, he told me it's almost impossible unless the stars align right and like you say you own the land and everything like that to make money running just as a drag strip and speed world of course had motocross events all the time we had the mud bogs and sand drags we had the lucas oil track there was a lot going on some weekends we ran them all at the same time on a saturday night those were wild we i used those? to love that when we yeah. would go in there i could walk from the drag strip to the circle track to the right. motocross track right <laughs> yep going down watch yeah it was pretty pretty exciting time but uh with without for instance without the motocross track he could not have kept the drag strip going for many years that's the way it was then when 2008 2009 our practice at motocross went from seven times a week six days two times on saturday to three days a week and you just figure the number if if there's there's not a demand you're not going to be open right so that that was a significant blow to the situation that's when we started the sand drags and mud bogs mm. which while exciting and brought lots of people probably also caused a great deal of the friction between the state and us I kind of think so. Yeah. I we wrapped up one of our races really, really late one night, and uh, I heard a lot of noise going down on down there. You know, well, I, I was calling this. It's not in the shutdown area because yeah. it was not near the rag strip, but it was over there. I knew it was on the property, so before we left, I just kind of drove on down there and looked, and it just looked like a it's a, a big, desert party. It was. It was. It's exactly what it was. <laughs> it was a big desert party. And, of course, there's not supposed to be alcohol, but yeah. you know how that works. I'm afraid that wasn't, yeah, I think that's probably what but, was happening. But when it when it was going well and we weren't having issues with idiots, uh, it was a lot of fun. I had friends, uh, one friend in particular who was there first in line practically every single week because he wanted that same spot mm. on the mud bog side, you know, and everything. And I always knew I could find Hayden over there and he'd be in his truck with his friends watching the mud bogs and yeah, it's a, uh, it's just a different type of motorsports. Yeah, you know, sand drags the whole thing, and the people who are into it are really into it. Yeah. It just wasn't my particular thing. Just like you know, Jim is Maroney. There, they go sprint car racing, and I've been a couple times, and you know, it's okay, it's exciting. I appreciate what they do. Just like I can even appreciate these monster truck stuff, right? For the mechanical ingenuity and yeah. stuff like that, that I appreciate. The, the actual competition jumping over trucks and stuff, nah, just it doesn't do, doesn't do anything for me at all. But they're all part of the great motorsports, you know, variety of things that we have in this country. I'd offer. rather see them than nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I hear you there. Like that. So <clears throat> No, but I'm kind of with you. At being an engine guy, I just love it when I get to see cool engines. No yeah, when you get to in. learn stuff, right. What else? We had another good race. Uh, there was our new member, Renee Fauché. Fo yeah. I always said Fauché, but yeah. Oh, so you know who that is. Oh, yeah. Renee oh. and I, th I think her husband also had an NH yeah, I'm sure, had an NHRA class car. Oh, no kidding. I can't. Orange car. Orange or kind Hers of is a red duster. Car. Orange duster. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, what class or anything like that. But uh, yeah, they were regulars at Speed World. She came on. I guess she likes the idea of the first one there wins and Good. not holding dial, you know, ET on your dial in. That's good. 
that was she took out Katie Webb by 19 thousandths of a second. However, that one I don't think was really that as much of a drag race as I would like it to have been because as you see, Katie went a little bit slow. She went 12.03 on her 11.95 and her mile per hour was off. So yeah. she might have had a problem with the car or maybe she thought she was far enough out she could have lifted. Well, Renee ran. <laughs> her dial was 11.15. She ran 11.15 with a one. Yeah, she so earned it, right? <laughs> she she earned it, yeah. And she had a, let's see, she uh, Not a great light. Yeah, Katie definitely got her off the line. Yeah. She went 014 to an 082. Yeah. But when you run that close to your dial, margin of victory at the end was 30, uh, 19,000. 19,000. Yeah, that's a good race. Yeah, it was. Then what did we have? Well, oh, yeah, you already talked about that one was not so good. Uh, Willie Ray, that he did, he broke. There was another one of our attrition. Really? He won first round, took a heavy penalty on his index because the truck ran 700s fast. But then when Ron Shelley, he was supposed to race Ron Shelley, Ron came to the line alone. And Willie actually came over and told me there was oil and water leaking out of the pipes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't know that, I'd wonder why he had a nine-second reaction time. But that's just what the computer does, I guess. Yeah. yeah, he didn't didn't make the line at all. I actually I manually enter those because if I don't, it will screw with the stats on the uh, the program and how it, it it does everything. And I see where Gary Cope got around Renee Foshi in the uh, what was that fourth round or third round something like that. Yeah, she gave up a little bit on the tree. That was a cool. It was kind of a cool deal, but not great deal. And they on. both ran under about the same amount, roughly. No. Well, he went six under. Yeah. And she went 024, so she was still good. She was still in the green zone, you know, where she wouldn't take a penalty. Uh -huh. But he went 06, so that gave him a penalty. Not a DQ, just a penalty for the next round. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, and so that put him on, I think that put him on 11 30 for the next round. And I think I asked you this last time, but just for a point of clarification, if in a losing run, I mean, a clean losing run. A car goes under his index. He's done for the day, unless the other guy gets disqualified for whatever reason. But he's done for the day. But does he... I just answered my own question. Never mind. I think maybe where you were going with this, because this has been brought up by a couple of people, and they sort of think it's unfair. They will say... They will ask me a question. Let's say... Renee went 11-10 okay. on that race. And so she would have taken, if she had won, she would have taken a penalty. Uh -huh. She didn't win, but she still ran under index. Right. So the question I've gotten from some racers is, hey, I ran under index and you're giving me a penalty, but the person I raced ran under index too. Why are they getting my round points? And it's... That is one of those what you would call a slippery slope. Yeah. It's a tricky thing, but one of... I I try to look at it from a sandbagger standpoint, and I say to the racer who's losing the points this, if that racer that you beat wasn't running that fast, 
they wouldn't have forced you to run under index and take the penalty. So they, you, you wouldn't have been forced to show your cards. It's a real weird deal. It just is what it is. The bottom line is racers really want to make their car run what it runs and stop. Don't try to play a game with the indexes. Personally, I would split the, if it were my group, I would split the points there. I wouldn't give all of them to the, to the other car. I would split them. Seems to me that would be a little, that would, that would preclude some of the arguments about it. But something to think about. I Possibly. Just, I just thought about that. Yeah, we've had, I think that was where your question was starting from. And then you kind of. No, maybe. I, was, I was thinking, would I get a penalty at the next race? Oh. But that's stupid because the index starts over again at each race. Yeah, no, way back in it's the early days, day. it, it, we were told that, you know, it was a suggestion by some of the racers that, well, why don't you just make it an index for that racer for the entire year? And I said, well, you just can't do can't that. can't do that. No. Not when we race. Even even though our winters are mild here, it's still different conditions here in the winter than it is in the summer. Oh, and then there's not only that. There's Let's say you break the car and you fix it or, yeah. or you, you swap motors or get a different car. Yeah. Where do you start from? Yeah, exactly. So then here was a good race, Chris O'Donnell and Mike Holbrook. Scratch that, Chris Holbrook and Mike O'Donnell. <laughs> I don't know what I did. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, eleven sixty-five, eleven sixty-seven, nine ninety-five, nine. Yeah, good race. Although O'Donnell was late, a little late. Yeah, yeah. For eight thousandths margin, though, still yeah. a good race at the at the stripe. And that's another one. Let's see, Chris's mile prior, pretty close to what he always runs. So. If he lifted, it wasn't by much. So I, that was a pretty good race. There wasn't much there. Well, overall, uh, there was a lot of lot of groups running. You had ADRA, you had Super Street, you had Super Comp, you had PADR, you had you guys. I think there was somebody else. Was Super it? Gas. So, there was Super Gas too. Yeah. Really? Did you say Stock Super Stock? Because they weren't there. No, right? No, I didn't. But uh, so overall, the pits were pretty full. You know, I got to say, surprisingly, not as full as I would have expected. Really? Yeah, they weren't. It's a funny thing. They, they, well, I guess that was it. Stock, super stock wasn't there because the pits were not as full as they were at our season opener. Mm. But they were fairly. Well, uh, they, had, they had a huge stock and super stock turnout at Tucson the week before. I mean, big turnout. So big. that You know, they normally run a stock, super stock combo. But Jeff Stout told me they had so many cars in each category, they ran each category oh, as a separate group. At the divisional. At the divisional, yeah, which is unusual in this division. I'm glad to see it. You know, I didn't know that. I thought all divisionals and, and nationals ran separate ca classes, uh, categories. Yeah, I but mean. when you only have 12 cars or something like that between both of them, like sometimes happens out here, that, wow. that you know, it doesn't make sense. But hmm. they had a good turnout. So I'm glad I'm glad to see that. I haven't talked with Jeff to find out how he did. But, uh, um, Eric, I haven't seen any really results from the divisional down there. I'll have to look them up somewhere if I can find them online. You know, it's too bad that stuff doesn't come up. I don't understand why results don't. They're not shown. They're, they don't speak of them. What's the deal with that, Hal? I don't know. Uh, frequently, it's because the track or the club doesn't take the time to turn them in to whomever. Now, I started my announcing career at Irwindale Raceway many years ago doing the motocross. And one of my jobs as the announcer at the end of the night was to call the LA Times and tell them who won the pro classes and what the attendance was. 
Well, we, we, I have no idea what the attendance was. They were just told, make sure you tell them it's always over 1,500, because if you don't, they won't print the results. So I just picked a number out, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, recently, at right about the time that we had the, the Supercross in Los, here in, in Phoenix this year, I was particularly incensed that the Arizona Republic would not give virtually no coverage to it at all. There was a, a quarter of a page two days before the event and a smaller thing the day before the event and absolutely no coverage of the final. No results. Nothing. The second biggest motorsports event in Phoenix. Well, you know, pretty Maybe close to what the National was this okay, year. Okay. First is obviously NASCAR, but yeah. second second is either the National or Supercross. Oh, okay. The National this year had a great turnout. They, they announced a sellout on Sunday, 72,000 and change. Yeah. But uh, uh, so I wrote the paper, uh, did one of my usual "what the hell is going on" letters, and uh, got a nice reply back from the, the head guy. He says we just we just don't we don't have coverage of that because a we don't have anybody to cover it. And I had offered in my letter to cover it. I'd say I'll send you stories. That's no big deal. And then uh, the other thing was. They don't feel there's the interest that, that justifies it. And I'm thinking, golf? Maybe? But then look at all the people who golf. Look Maybe? at all the people, you know, who, uh, of course, all the college sports get tons of coverage. But I couldn't understand how come the upcoming NASCAR race, the same, it was the same weekend as the Supercross, uh, it was in Vegas, could get a page full of coverage. And it isn't even in our state. That's what pissed me off. It isn't even in our state. And NASCAR got lots of coverage. Well, part of that is because NASCAR has a very effective PR department who churns out all sorts of information. And NHRA does, too, for the national. But even then, I think part of it, Jeff, is that drag racing is still considered by many people to be kind of a the image of the drag racer, you know. The, the punks? The, the punks, the unwashed, the rowdies, the street racers, you know. We're not an accepted sport like NASCAR is. And that's a shame because more people drag race by far than race NASCAR. By far. By many, well, many times. You know, yeah, I used to I, I used to realize that when I was younger. I kinda thought that sort of fell away lately, but let's take it back even to the racing or the drag racing publications. When I started uh when I said I went over the road back in the mid nineties and I started bouncing all the tracks I hooked up with Bracket Racing USA, okay. the magazine, and, um, you know, I told them, it's kind of weird. You don't see any bracket racing coverage, even back then. There was no bracket racing coverage. You would see nationals, and maybe once in a while, one of these million dollars, because I think that's about when the million, millions started. Mm -hmm. And I offered to them that, hey, wouldn't it be kind of cool to have some weekly bracket racing coverage just from random spots in the country and i'm willing to do it man i'm shooting all these pictures and nobody really wants to see them but me anyway <laughs> so mm -hmm. um i offered that and their reply was no we don't do bra we don't do race coverage unless it's one of the races that we do one of our like sponsored races yeah and then we've got a local publication that i tried that with a few years back i wanted to give him um coverage of our races as we had our races and uh-huh. He he uh 
said, you know what he said? Mm. We don't do race coverage in our magazine. And I was really like kicked on my butt because I looked at the name of the magazine and I said, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> well, um, again, and part of it, part of it, of course, is every additional page in a publication, single page, means you have to have a total of four extra pages added because each page is part of a bigger page called a section, I think is what they call it. Okay. So if you need to add one page, you have to add four. Uh. And that means a significant, well, or a reasonable increase in your printing bill, okay. if nothing else. So let's look at it from the other, the other side, the other standpoint. When I offered, let's say, those services to those publications, mm -hmm. my thinking was coming at it from a racer. As a racer myself... Whenever I was at a race, if, if I saw media, people there, you know, the next month I was at the newsstand looking in those magazines mm -hmm. to see if there was anything, even if my car just happened to be in the background, mm -hmm. right? What I'm saying is as racers, I, I thought, I may be wrong, I may be one of the weird ones, but I thought we all looked for ink on ourselves, you know, a little bit of ego boost. So I thought... Or I still think, even so, these publications that say they refuse to put, wouldn't they maybe increase their circulation by having something that, because a lot of them, look, man, I don't look at Hot Rod. I don't look, there's, I don't look at any of the Hot Rod drag racing magazines in the stores or on our local stands. I dig, I can't help it, I dig the Arizona Extreme Motorsports because drag cars in there, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, but that's a that's a self-serving thing on your part. Well, you, know, you can't say that applies to everyone. I One, don't know. If I wasn't writing the articles and it didn't have to do, if I was just a racer in drag car, I'd still probably want to yeah, get that Yeah, drag magazine. car was in there. Yeah, I can see that. One thing that I've struggled with with the paper, because I'm the editorial director of Arizona Extreme Motorsports, um, is they have been reticent to publish motocross results, just the, the weekly not that we race every week, but you know the, the results of the state championship races, first, second, third, and they think, well, it's in the points because we put the points. No, it, it's in the points, but then you got to look down the column, find out who's first, second, third. They're not necessarily in a row, and I've finally been able to get results in there. I think that's important. People like to see their names. I still yes. somewhere have, I mean somewhere, a copy of Cycle News listing me as third place in the 125 flat track at Atlanta. You See, know? that's me, man. I've got national dragsters stacked up at home. Yeah. If, if, if my name was in there just for a weekly bracket thing, race winning. The funny thing about it, there was only three people in the race, and I was running second to the last <laughs> corner. I went wide. Some kid on a 100 freaking Kawasaki Green Street got underneath me and got second. But... Nobody knew that. I no. said first place Joe Blow, second place Fred Flintstone, third place Hal Sanguinetti. So I, I kept it. It's here somewhere. I'll never find it. I'll never see it again. Right. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Having, having, I really looked in the paper. I really looked in Cycle News the next two or three weeks to see if that result was going to be in there. So, so wouldn't it make sense that that might boost the circulation? I don't know. Their, their attitude in the sports department down there is motorsports doesn't help them at all. And they only do it because the big races they have to. But was there coverage of the Firebird National? That much. One column, four inches. That was it. 
in on what? Monday. In what? In the Arizona Republic. Oh. For the Arizona National. That pissed me off, too. Mm. But it is what it is. All we can do is is do our best, bring people good races, hopefully get more people to come to the races and enjoy it. And You know, to, to the general public, drag racing is always going to be a fringe sport. It's unfortunate. I don't ever see it progressing past that point. Does it make sense? I used to like, this is what I decided many years ago, I used to not understand it. How come NASCAR was really looked up mm-hmm. upon by the general public mm-hmm. while drag racing was looked down upon right. by the general public? But it, I thought it was an irony because NASCAR is supposed to be, you know, well known for coming from bootlegging. Coming from bootleggers, right? <laughs> but got to remember, NASCAR has one advantage. Theoretically, they're driving stock, and I'm air quoting yeah, here, well, yeah, stock well. cars. And of course, in the old days, they were driving stock cars. Yeah. You know, back in the old days of the racing on the beach, and for many years thereafter, they looked like stock cars. Now they don't hardly, nah. just like our funny cars don't in any right. way resemble a production Or even automobile. pro stock. Or even that's pro stock. That's one of the issues I have with pro stock yeah. today. Yeah, that's why so many people like nostalgia funny cars, because they look like cars, you know. And uh, it's just, perception is everything, and some things either take a very long time to change I would have thought that by now the the impression of drag racers by the general public would have significantly improved, but it doesn't seem to have made a, a huge. Change. I didn't realize that that drag racers were still looked down upon. I didn't. Well, if we weren't, we'd be getting coverage. At least that's my analogy, you know. And then of course you have one other factor: you have these punks out on the street causing accidents, and the newspapers. Frequently, although they're not doing it as much here anymore as they used to, call it drag. There was a drag race that somebody was killed. Yeah. No, idiot. It's an illegal street race. Yeah. And enough people in this town have made enough complaints to the paper and and let them know in no uncertain terms that that's not acceptable that I have not seen that in the Republic for quite some time, even though I see reports of accidents caused by illegal street racers, but they are finally referring to them as illegal street racers. Yeah, I think I saw that too. Because that's that's just, that's a crime as far as I'm concerned to, to call, them, call them drag racers. Drag racers, by and large, are a very responsible group. Most drag racers, I believe, honestly, most, of course, most is 51%, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't think most drag racers would consider racing on the street. Yes, there's some that would consider it. There's some that still do. But uh, most drag racers find that to be abhorrent, I think. I, I think most of us have come from that. Many I, of us I would have. say most of us probably have done it, but in the earlier days. And oh, then yeah. we've gone to the track and pretty much stayed there. Yeah. I mean, I've done it. Uh, uh, in high school. Yeah, right. Took my dad's 50 Cadillac and I raced Roger Dames in his 57 Plymouth up on the street behind the Huntington Library and I beat him two times. You know, <laughs> these big old boats lumbering down the street, you know. And I, I would have gone to jail, of course. Oh, yeah. But that was the only time I did it. Yeah. I didn't figure we were going to be going that fast to where, to where I needed to worry about it. It was pretty cool, though. Anyway. So when you're younger, you yeah. think differently. Oh, yeah. We do lots of different things when we're younger. I think we probably ought to wrap this up. You got anything else you want to mention? Yeah, man. You got to get your butt down to Tucson. Yeah, I want to go. <laughs> I really do. I, I very much enjoy racing down there. I, I 
really like seeing Jim and, and Matt. They're doing such a great job down there. And, uh, and that, you know, that's a tough town to make a go of it at a drag strip. It because is. Because it's a, it's a college town where college football rules. Yeah, and I, I don't, uh, I think, I would, I would probably bet that more than half of the cars in the pits are coming from Phoenix. That's, that's a possibility, yeah. And the, you know, if, like, I, I often thought maybe drifting would be good. They got that big parking lot. That parking lot is very thin. Yeah. They would not be able to run drift cars very long. But if they would, that would be a thing. I mean, I don't care for drifting at all myself, but it's drawn good numbers here in Phoenix. Yeah, it is. You know, and uh, Chuck Sundstrom's drift and drag program has, has done very well. Yeah. So uh, there's that. They do use it for other things, but it's not a multi-use facility like speed roll was for instance right and uh, so uh, the fact that they draw several really big races every year and are getting more all the time i was so glad to see that they finally got a divisional you know i was very bummed we didn't get a arizona did not get a heritage race this year anywhere that sucks i'm sorry uh you know because we usually got we usually get 200 cars i remember the one at speed world that yeah. was an awesome one. Oh, that was, the, the, well, it was the, a little the, bit the, of a nightmare because they were running something else at the same time. But, man, I'll tell you what, the pits were packed. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that race well because that's when I was managing and we had the threat of rain coming. The last one, we had the threat of rain coming on Sunday. Oh. So Saturday morning, I got everybody together and says, folks, we're going to have to do this in one day. And everybody got behind it. They came to the lanes on time. Wow. We finished at night. Wow. But we finished the thing and it poured the next day. That's also what I liked about Speed World. If it was, you finish at night, you finish at night. Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. It yeah, went. if you finish at night, you finished at three in the morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had that luxury. I did have something kind of cool happen. It's just probably for me, though. But um, as I was leaving the track, you know, somebody yelled at me, bye, Jeff. And uh, it was somebody I didn't know who it was. So I assumed I, I figured out who it was. I turned around and went back. And it was Tim, um, Charlotte, I think is how you say his name. I don't know who you're he's, referring um, to. Oh, he's he's one of the management members of the Wild Horse. Oh, okay. I, I don't know all the people. And uh, so I went up and said, hey, nice to meet you. And then he just spoke it out. He said, you know, I really like that drag car program. That's really cool Good. concept you have. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. You know, because most... <laughs> It seems to me most of the administration, and that not, by no means all, but a lot of the, certainly the upper echelon people above Ron Connor, who's the drag strip track manager. Yeah. A lot of the people above him don't have a clue about drag racing. They really don't. Uh, right. And it's, it's nice It's nice to see. Ron is doing a very good job with what he has, and uh, he works hard at it. And uh, Yeah. It was <laughs> it's kind of nice at the National. I showed up on Sunday, I guess it was, and I was talking with him. He said, oh, wait a minute. Here, I got something for you. And he went in the office, and he brought me my paycheck from working a couple <laughs> weeks before. I'm thinking, now, this is cool. I yeah. got in for free. And then you I'm, get paid. I'm here with my own race car, my top fuel car. We've got a suite, and somebody hands me a check for work. Yeah. Nice. That was great. That was great. And the event, I, it was a great event. It really was. It was one of the best nationals I've been to in a long time. Lots of upsets. But upsets is what keeps it exciting. That's right. You know? We love them. Yeah. I just wish there had been an upset in the first round of top fuel involving our car. But I hey, was looking for that. Hey, whatever. 
We left on him, so that's good. Yeah. Anyway, what do we? Where uh, we got drag car next week, so we'll probably do this again Sunday night next week and talk that one over. And then, uh, what yeah. are some of the other races on the near horizon as far oh, as? Oh, you know what? Concerned? I'm going to give you a little bit of a scoop here. We've Ooh, got a scoop. Uh, on what's the date? June twentieth. Pretty <laughs> he, sure it's. He June. looks at me like I know. Yeah. What the date is? Let me check. Make sure June twentieth is. Oh, a, is okay. The date. Yeah, you look up the date. Um, so what's going on is we're having our drag car race there. It was one of the f- um, few dates that were available to us to run so it, we took it even though it's in the hot part of the season this is a wild horse yes okay you didn't say that okay <clears throat> and um as it turned out there really wasn't going to be much else going on on that event and even though speaking it over with ron he said no you can go ahead and run it we'll just run a test and tune along with it and then yeah. so i told him well we'll run a gambler with it yeah then we'll June, try to get June some 20th of the bracket is races. a saturday night so that'll be a gates open at five type situation yeah. i'm guessing four okay. or five i'm not sure which mm-hmm. and um well some some things happened number one that's going to be an eighth mile race okay we figure we'll do that since it's a little bit warmer out we'll make it an eighth mile race to keep some of the heat out of the engines so we can keep them coming back a little bit faster and we don't want to run into their midnight curfew either well that's not no that's not a curfew deal well it may as well be the curfew races were when we get to run with uh, the drift and drags, and this is not one of those. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is a this is just a wild horse club date that there ain't that many clubs coming in on. <clears throat> so, anyways, we went ahead and we scheduled a gambler to run along with it, and then in the meantime, more recently, another gambler has been scheduled on that day by um, PADR. Tr- oh, okay. They decided AJ's. that they're going to run a non-electronic gambler uh, with a $100 buy-in. Wow. And uh, so then we decided, rather than canceling our gambler, since he's making it a non-electronic gambler, we're going to run our gambler like we always do, open to everybody. Uh-huh. So you can call it a box gambler but or like whatever you want to. $25 or something like that? Or? No, it'll be $50, $50 buy-in. It will have buybacks. And it's $1,000 guaranteed to win. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's guaranteed. 10 cars, 20 cars, 30 cars. Cool. Yeah. So we just wanted to get, hey, look, this is about the racetrack. This isn't about drag car. This is about the racetrack. And this will be a regular bracket race. Yes. This will not be a drag car format race. Right. Okay. Right. We will be running drag car on the same day. The gambler will be totally separate. That will be... What I call traditional, yeah, bracket race, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, by by the middle of June, I think there'll be some racers who will go. You know, honey, even though it's going to be hot, I haven't raced in a long time. Let's go, and it will be an eighth mile. Yeah, so <clears throat> we're just trying to get cars in the gate for the racetrack yeah. because you know they do us a favor by by keeping us on that date, not kicking us out because nobody else scheduled on that day, and so we just want to get cars through the gate. And what yeah. the heck, get some racers out there, give them. It's kind of a lull in our season. Yeah. Well, you know, remember our racing season here in Arizona is the exact opposite of everywhere else in the United States. You That's know? right, yeah. When everybody else is sitting it out in winter, we're racing. When everybody's racing in the, in the summer, we're sitting it out because it's too hot. So, you know, 
The only problem that makes sometimes is ordering parts gets confusing. June is iffy. Yeah. Sometimes it can still be decent in June. Yeah. So it's hard to cut that month out of the calendar right off the bat. Yeah, it's it's hot, but the humidity has not come in yet. Right. And I, and I, I honestly, Jeff, I don't care how hot it gets, but you can keep the humidity. Oh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. That, that just kicks my tush. I, if it's I, 80 degrees and it's 50% humidity, I'm sweating like a dog. Oh, I, I can't stand being in the car because I can't get my fingers in my eyes to get the sweat out. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, hey, thanks, everybody, for tuning in once again. Please tell your friends about this this podcast because the more listeners we get, we'll start getting suggestions as to shows and to people we want to talk to, and we can make it more interesting for you. So uh, tell them you can always go on to the Drag Car website, and then they'll be listed there. He's Yeah, there's uh, a link. Just look for Fast Matters. You've got all sorts of things. Uh, let's We're see on up. Apple Podcast. Okay, like I know what that is. I know, I don't really either, but I'm sure a lot of if, people if do. If it's there, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, we on you? No, it wouldn't be on YouTube because it's not a video. But Actually, just for the heck of it, last week I Googled it. I, I Googled Fast Matters Podcast, and mm-hmm. it pops up. You will find it if you Google it. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Well, this is Hal Sanguinetti. And Jeff Safranek. Saying thanks for being with us, and we'll see you hopefully, or we'll... Next week. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe see you is the right word, but hey, whatever. We'll see him now. We'll yeah, see him Saturday. Just bring your drag car. <laughs> yeah.